welcome to this week's episode of Floor 9. I am your host, Scott Elcheson, and join with me, as always, is Mr. Angel Mendoza. Hello, world. And this week is super special. We are doing a Partnerships exclusive uh, episode of Floor 9. Uh, so for your listeners out there that don't know, uh, myself and Angel, we are on the Partnerships team uh, here at the IPG Media Lab. And uh, Angel, I mean, I'll kick it off to you to give the background on what we do day to day as you are the director of partnerships. Yes. Yeah, so we spend a lot of our days understanding what's going on in these emerging spaces, really understanding that landscape and reaching out to startups and established companies with new offerings and evaluating them. So asking them, what are their capabilities? How do they work with brands? And directly ask them, how do they differ from their direct and indirect competitors? And on average, how... How many startups do you think we source a year? So based on last year's numbers, I think we sourced over a thousand companies. And by source, I mean going through RSS feeds, attending conferences, introductions through VC connections. But we meet we meet with um, somewhere between three hundred to four hundred companies, either through an in person meeting or call. When we look at them, like what do you think is the most important aspect to take into consideration when working with a company? Because ideally, when we go through and um, rate and kind of go through our criteria, it's really to understand and judge the maturity that these startups have. And really, you know, are they at a mature phase where they can start working with brands? And that helps the brands then, of course, do some sort of test opportunities in these emerging spaces that our strategy team has identified. Um, so what are your like one or two areas that you think are the most important when it comes to um, the evaluation criteria? It's tough. It really depends on the space because our job is to evaluate emerging spaces. So there's not much background on that. Right. But then you really right. have to lean on the founder's background. Based on his last company, what is the overlap of the offering that his or her last company provided compared to what they're starting today? So is the concept more or less the same? Right. So it, that's a nice transition. And also funding. Like who are the VCs and who are the VCs that are backing this company? Because they also go through their own evaluation criteria. So that gives a little more of a validity. Uh, right. To the actual startup, it might be. Uh, yeah. So I totally agree with you. Uh, knowing and looking at some of the venture capital that helps us give a guiding light to understand this, you know, how successful like the, pen, the, the product could be. Um, but I'm really interested in what that product offering is and it's like how well it aligns with some of the criteria that we are specifically interested in, in looking into for brands specifically. Because uh, there are companies that I think we've talked to that are, let's say, working in the space of esports and gaming, however, just has no relevance to what our end goal of a kind of really hel helping these brands and t brands get into the sports of e you know, esports and gaming. Um, so I really take a look at and understand like how well does their product or solution truly align with current client challenges and business needs. So this, I think, brings us right into our new section we're, we're calling Partnership Highlight. And this theme this week is going to be esports and gaming companies. Woo! I know. Very exciting stuff. Uh, Angel, so we have both put together uh, a list of two or three partners that we think are super important that brands should be thinking about today when it comes to esports and gaming. And I will do rock, paper, scissors with you for the first person to go. Or do you just want to take it? What you can you? take it. You, I can take it? All right. So uh, my first one on the list here is a company called Genvid. Uh, they are really a technology solution provider. So they provide a third-party spectator server 
as, and this might be a, a little technical, but bear with me. Uh, they, they provide a third-party spectator server that hooks into a game publisher's servers where the game is actually hosted. Uh, so this allows them to extract that live gameplay feed without really mucking up any of the um, uh, feed that goes directly to the player in the space. And that way, they can now put in uh, this technology and a solution that allows them to have interactive overlay on the on the feed that goes to the viewer. So now these viewers are able to click on players for you know to get expanded stats. Uh, they can look at different camera angles throughout the actual gameplay itself, and it's really about um, enhancing the viewership of esports and gaming today. And why I find this so interesting is that because of, because of this value it can bring to the gaming audience and community, uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity. And when we look at esports and gaming, uh, if you're able to bring something authentic, like one, be authentic as a brand, but then two, really provide value to a consumer. Um, that is what they truly love, and that's what, and that's how you, like, you'll you'll really build that relationship with these esports and this esports um, and gaming audience today. So um, that is why I am a big fan of of GenVid today. Agreed, and it could be as simple as different camera angles because that's right. always great. But also clicking on a player, clicking on an object, and actually getting additional statistics in real time, which yeah, is awesome. Absolutely. So, Angel, what uh, what's what's first on your list? So my list is going to focus on esports and how it's actually getting into colleges and high schools. Okay. So one partner is Super League Gaming. I, I love Super League Gaming. Tell, do, me, tell us more. Doing a phenomenal job when it comes to the amateur esports world. So they run a couple esports leagues, one being League of Legends, designed for 17 and up. The other being Minecraft, designed for 16 and, and down. Now, are you, are you a big Minecraft guy? I'm not. I no. wish I was. I like Minecraft. It's yeah, because it exercises the Steam skills. And the third one is they're going to start running a Clash Royale esports league. Yeah. It, it tell, ooh, interesting. So, like, so it's t still to be determined. Okay. But at the end of the day, these three leagues, the way the format or the way they run it is that they actually have city teams. So, for example, you would New York would have and does have an amateur city team. Miami may have one. Seattle may have one. And what they do is they rent out movie theaters – and the city teams or clubs actually go into the movie theater and they compete against other city teams. So, for example, if I'm part of the New York team, I would be playing the Seattle team in this movie theater. So I'll bring my own gaming laptop. The, the map would be on the movie theater screen. But my point of view like for Minecraft, it'll be through, I'll be using my laptop to actually play, which is awesome. No, that's fantastic. And it was funny when I was like reading about them, it's, they have – many different layers of leagues like they have like teams like a through z it's like it is a wide community i think they have 20 league of legends teams i think i'm not quite sure how well, many I'm, I'm saying i'm saying like each 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 club team so like, like the new york club team has it's like like 10 plus different levels of competition that you can play oh, yes so yes. It's, it's subdivisions yeah yep. subdivisions so it's super super inclusive and it really you know um this brings a lot of opportunity to the people that are playing games today uh and also it's a way to help uh, improve the theater going experience exactly repurposing the, the repurposing theaters. the the, uh, the space absolutely uh so i'll go next because um, there's nobody else to go next uh my second company that i'm going to toss out here is a company called challenger mode now the there are a few different companies in the space, but what they work on is uh, they are an online tournament platform that offers daily competitions for today League of Legends and also CSGO. Um, and the reason why we like it, or reason why I like it, I'm not going to speak for Angel here, is um, reason one is like they actually have, have, they announced a recent partnership with Dream, DreamHack. 
Um, for DreamHack is one of the major uh, esports and gaming competitions, and also um, just kind of like cultural events that happens uh, around the U.S. and the and the world. Uh, so they are now going to be powering their back end for all the tournaments that DreamHack hosts. But then two, uh, they're fully automated. So unlike some of the other platforms uh, that are out there today that you can work with, uh, players uh, have to go in and manually take the scores and the stats and submit them to the actual officials so then they can be uploaded into like that you know third-party verification platform. Uh, Challenger mode is integrated directly into the game servers. So they can pull the information directly once you know, like the game ends and the stats and update it automatically. So the users don't have to do anything. So it's, it's all done in the back end. Um, so that is why I'm a big fan of challenge mode today. Well, that real-time data is super interesting because when you want to drive in, tune in, or run media, you can use those stats and run it right. on social or any other own channels. Right. Absolutely. There, I'm sure there's a way to kind of pull that, pull that out. Um, so those are my two. Angel, I believe we have one more on in the ranks from you. What, yeah. are, we, what, are, what are we working with? My last one is a go... Well hidden secret, a it's gem, a diamond a and a rough. So this this company is called Tespa. So Tespa is the largest collegiate esports organization. They have over two hundred chapters across colleges and universities, which is crazy. Well, yeah, it's 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 similar to like a fraternity exactly. for esports and gaming. Exactly. So think of a fraternity, but instead of traditional fraternities, they just play esports games and they run tournaments for Heroes of the Storm. Rocket League, Overwatch. So it's really amazing how many students actually participate. I think they have close to 3,000 students that participate. And and I'm remembering back from the deck, I think 70% of those students are STEM majors. Yes, but they actually they have 15,000. 15,000, yeah, 15, wow. 15,000 college competitors. Uh, so full-time college students, and they're competing for scholarship money. Yep. That's, and, that, that, and, that, and that's kind of where that value comes in. Yep. And at the end of the day, they're not trying to be professionals because at, at that age, it's really hard to be a professional. You, you're actually peaking at around the which college is, age. Which is kind of crazy to think about, which is but crazy. yes. So we would play in the seniors league. Yes, we yeah, yep. <laughs> but for these guys, it's just like I want to play and compete because the prize money they win actually go towards scholarships, which is amazing. Uh, Angel, so moving on to our second or third topic section, prior we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure a name out for it. But right now, the working title is the most interesting startup you've seen this month, or interesting space, I think, or interesting space. So this, so this is this is our section. Uh, we're, we're, the, the the title is a work in progress. However, uh, it's going to be about the most interesting startup that we have sourced or found uh, in the past month or two, depending on how frequently we actually do these episodes. Um, so, this is really going off of the theme of personalization uh, that we've seen across many different industries today. And the startup that I'm going to talk about is a company called Go Gainful. Now, do you want to take a guess what they do? Personalized protein. That's correct. How'd you know? <laughs> you must have read the outline. <laughs> and we also did a prior episode that touched on this topic. That is that is so true. So that also stems from our, our prior episode of uh, the paper towel effect when we kind of talked about personalization. And it's funny because during that podcast, I was like, there should be a company that creates personalized protein. Well, here and, and here we are. So it's amazing um, how fast startups if they, they start. spring up, man. Yeah. They're, they're like weeds. So I actually went through... Um, at work some point when I, when he told me to do something and I was doing this instead I went through and I uh <laughs> <laughs> I went through and I kind of did like 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 the tree of decisions that it can be to personalize your protein so it takes about only 5 minutes and it really kind of 
digs into like what you want, like your body type, the exercise you do, uh, and then the flavor options, is this vanilla or chocolate? And then they will deliver this to you subscription-based uh, to your doorstep each month. And it kind of, I think it, it's about, you know, 30 servings. So it's about, you know, like one a day or whatever it might be. Here's why I think that's amazing. All right. Because I'm, I'm ready for it. A lot of the commercialized protein powders really don't live up to what the nutritional facts say on the actual uh, product. So, for example, whenever they have proprietary blend, you really don't know if they're using the true amount of whatever nutrition vitamins or whatever amino acids that they say on the label. They can use it, – it's – you just don't know what goes in it. So if it's clean to your point, you get to choose specific ingredients and the amount. It's amazing. Yep, that's exactly what you should do. So it's 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 very custom to bodybuilders, like, bodybuilders, right? It all it all depends. Whatever whatever you want, plant way. Yep, but I mean, there are some other companies in the space that you were rattling off before we hopped on um, the mic here. You're saying, um, you know, one obviously is is, is brandless. We've, we're seeing them make their way into the kind of like you know protein space and vitamin and but they're not space. doing they're not personalizing they're it. Not personalizing they're just doing it. low cost, which is great. Exactly. Yeah. But the other three are focusing on personalized vitamins and nutrition. So, for example, care of you go through a survey to personalize what ingredients or what vitamins you need. Same thing with ritual and routine. But routine is interesting. Uh, I'm a kind of fan of them. Mostly, and I haven't tried it. However, doing a little research on them, though they use their genetic makeup to really pinpoint the vitamins you need, but the way they deliver to you is in the form of dipping dots, like the actual dots, so you can mix it in with your food. Oh, interesting. Now, so it, then is it, is it, because right now I'm, I'm kind of looking at it as like a pill pack, but now it's like really this tiny, like, pills so is it like it's a pill pack but there are little dots when you open it you can mix it like the like sprinkles on top of ice cream right okay so you just kind of pour it out and then just put it yep. go, you go in to your town. yogurt in your salad perfect but i really do love the fact where it's just becoming this space specifically the health and wellness space is becoming more personalized um it costs yeah. a little more money well as i mean if, if it, that's i think people are going to pay for that but though. the value the exactly value is like the value greater. is there mm-hmm. absolutely um Great. Well, I mean, Angel, any uh, any other uh, interesting partners that you've come across this week, month, that you think uh, is worth a shout-out, a mention? So Most many direct-to-consumer brands that are advertising to me in, in Instagram. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, talk, talk, it's kind of funny talking about direct-to-consumer brands. The uh, the What I learned recently is that there's a hub in the Wharton Business School, and they've actually even started a new fund to fund direct-to-consumer brands out of Wharton because that's where, that's where Warby Parker came from. Mm-hmm. And there is just a flood of direct consumer brands that are coming out of Wharton Business School, and they have a whole fund for it now. And it's just, I think it's just fascinating well, to see over 400 since 2016, which is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I I'm not sure how many of them did well compared to Warby Parker. That's kind of like the golden child here. Um, but it's just interesting to see just kind of again like this trend of direct consumer and um, what these different companies are, are working on to uh, you know better better you know better improve that customer experience um, today. Yeah, and this would be a little sneak peek for the next episode. What's fascinating to me are APIs because this is what's enabling these direct to consumer oh, brands, API, the API economy, to outsource outsource to specialized platforms such as logistics, analytics, and all that. So they solely focus on their core product set, but also marketing. And 
that's exactly what we're getting targeted with. They're marketing on Instagram and on Facebook and so on and so forth. The world of APIs. You don't see it, but it's so valuable. Very valuable. Well, I think we have our topic for our next episode then, the API economy. I'm excited to talk about it. Um, but with that, listeners, thanks again for tuning in to this week's special edition uh, partnership ep- episode. If you're looking for more great content, please check out our IPG website, which is ipglab.com. Uh, from there, you, you can subscribe to our uh, Medium blog, our newsletter, follow us on our social channels at IPG Lab. And of course, if you like what you hear, tell your friends, you know, leave us an iTunes review, whatever you can do. Uh, we'll greatly appreciate it. And we'll talk soon. Thank you.